Welcome back to another episode of the Street Alpha Podcast. I am your host, Tooks, and we have another episode here at World Cup Finals in Maryland. Um, and today we're going to be interviewing Miles from English Racing, who has the fastest Integra, the world's fastest Integra, and Evo 10. Let's clap it up for Miles. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having <laughs> me today. Gonna clap too. I was going to clap, too. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Let me just clap. What are we doing? <laughs> so I know we've been talking for quite some time. Yeah. Um, I reached out to you, I don't even know, like two months ago, maybe? A month and a half, two month months ago. ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you, you're like in... Washington? Washington State, so yeah. There might be a couple more of those. Yeah, there's gonna noises, be a lot of that. But uh, yeah, so Washington State, just north of Portland, Oregon, easiest way to say it, you know, a couple yeah. hours south of Seattle. So right. yeah. Vancouver, Washington. It was like perfect time. timing though, because you said you're going to Maryland. I was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, I've kind of watched your podcast. I've watched a lot of them. I'm like, oh, man, these guys are like really far away. So it's yeah. like, how am I going to get yeah. not going to ever get to, that, uh, you know, see that or anything. And then right. you hit me up. I'm like, oh, that'd be awesome. Like, we'll figure out a way to make it happen. So yeah. here we are. I think uh, my, my guy, Frank, he has a Supra mm -hmm. um, and he ended up tagging you in one of the posts. I think it was a 45. I think uh, it was so. something Honda related. And yeah. He tagged you. I think I. I don't remember what it was, but there was probably some shit talking there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like something about being fast, and I don't remember. Yeah, I remember it. I re that. Something, some sort of shit talking that brought me in. So, yeah, yeah that's probably what it right. was. So now it was probably like my friends faster and tagged me or something. Something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but we actually, we could claim officially that you have the world's fastest. Technically, as of right now, you know, um, it's had the highest mile an hour in the quarter. Oh, as of, trap? It's been 195, 195. like 0.2 or something. So. Yeah and uh it's been a 771 and okay. i think the next quickest is like a 770 a high 770. Damn. uh obviously those are front wheel drive cars it's an all-wheel drive car right so it's you know it's hard to really compare them in that and then when i used to do the half mile stuff this car has been as fast as 216 and a half mile which the half mile you got to look at it is like you're racing on a, a shitty road right you're racing really? on an airport that has no vht no traction nothing like that so like getting a car to hook and work there is pretty difficult like yeah. I, think I went 213 front wheel drive there Dude. and so when i made it all wheel drive i was like well, i should be able to go 220 225 which you're kind of like it's really fast in anything yeah. let alone a 90s shit box you know <laughs> so uh i ended up going 216 but i did have a pass that i went it was the first time back out all wheel drive and it like had the jitters you know People say like, I never get nervous. You never do that. But you always have a little bit of nerves just kind of get to you. And, right. and like I was shaking at the beginning of that one. Really? It was kind of weird because I had just like put the thing together and I had no clue what it was going to do. And I'm like, man, this thing, everything went wrong that pass. Like yeah. the steering column is still factory tilt one. So it like fell down, fell down at like 280 miles an hour. And I'm like holding it. The hood's starting to raise. And I just like pulled the chute early. Well, the pulled the chute at 223 and it went 215 that pass. So I'm pretty confident the thing would have gone 223 to 225 in the half. And if you want to compare that to like, let's call it a, like a production car, like yeah. a Bugatti Veyron struggles to go 175 in the same distance. Really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. These like crazy stock, you know, couple million dollar cars, like in that same scenario, they're going in the 170s in the same distance. Dude, that is crazy. Yeah, it's it's pretty stupid what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're when you're going that fast though, like how like do you even look down to see how fast you're going, or are you just like focused no, on the road? No, I just kind of have an idea based on what gear I'm in and the RPM, like how fast I'm going. Yeah. But 
you don't look at the speedometer. You don't you don't look at it like that. You right. just kind of just you're kind of making sure you're still going straight down the down the track yeah. or the airport in this aspect. Yeah, that is wild. And then like the next pass, it actually chucked a rod at, at 208. Uh, and I have a vent in my hood. Yeah. And it like completely covered the windshield with oil. And I've never slowed a car down faster in my life. Pulled the chute. It slowed down probably what felt like four or five seconds from 200 miles an hour and pulled over to the side. It was smoking and I didn't know if it was like on fire or what it was. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's probably been a pretty hairy moment because like you never know. Right. You know, so I thought, I've broken quite a few motors in the half mile. So <laughs> uh, right now it's it's kind of nice to not break motors. Right. Knock on wood. So yeah, the half mile is just really hard on stuff because you're in it for longer. I mean, double. And like the first time I went, I learned that, well, you pretty much don't have enough oil at the end of a half mile, unless you have more oil than compa- the because factory of the temperature, capacity. you're burning oil. Not just right? that, just like the oil can't drain back. So when you have oh, five quarts, okay. quarter miles enough, but when you go another half mile, yeah. like, yeah. So the first, first, first event I ever went to half mile, I, I uh, spun a rod bearing because I ran out of oil at the end of the track. So. Well, these, these are things that you would only know in, in those shoes, right? Like, exactly. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why now I have an eight core oil pan. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Damn. things you learn, learn over the years. Yeah. So this isn't your first car though, right? Like this, this isn't is, a car that you started with and you No, built? I actually, so I grew up in the Dominican Republic. Um, really? Yeah. So I'm fluent in Spanish and the name gringo came from obviously the, the whole story that I've ever been told is the Americans came down there who knows how long ago uh, yeah. and they saw green, green soldiers and they're like, go green, go. So like, that, that was the whole thing that I was told from all of these people, you know, they're like gringo. So everyone just called me gringo. Yeah. And so then I'm like, well, let's do it. I bought an Integra down there too. Or should really? I say my, my mom got me, my mom, my aunt got me an Integra when I was like 15 Yeah. and just happened to be the same color down there. And I hated the color. <laughs> and so I ended up switching it to, I painted it black. And so I had an Integra down in Dominican in like 05, 06. Wow. And then I left there and moved to uh, Washington State yeah. in 05, 06, actually. The end of 06, I graduated high school. So I was down in Dominican for like five, six years. That's crazy. Yeah. So you're fluent. You're fluent in Spanish. You can fluent have in Spanish. I definitely speak Spanish now with a very hardcore American accent. Like I used to be like fluent in like Dominican everything, like a hundred percent. But now I definitely don't speak it enough because right. where I'm at, like I only use it every once in a while, you know? And so I actually probably speak more Spanish here in a weekend than I do the whole year combined. I mean, that makes sense. It's yeah, it does. So then obviously Gringo came from that and T- Integra came from, I had an Integra. So I put them together as Gringo Tegra. And so I think 05 with my first Honda Tech. Honda Tech name, if anyone, any of the Honda guys might remember the Honda, Honda Tech, Tech days, hondatech.com. B20 VTech yep. as well too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I had, it was Gringo Tegra on all those and that's, it kind of just stuck. It worked. So at that time when you had the Integra, um, were you like, are you heavy into street racing at all? Or you were just like a track kind of person? So in the Dominican, there was some street racing and they didn't really care what you did anywhere down there. You yeah. know, I mean, it was a very slow car too. It was like a 16 second car. That's pretty so, impressive. Yeah. <laughs> these days it's like, man, 16, I actually have like, so this car, I have the original time slip of the first time I went to the track in this car. Really? It's 16, seven. You got to send me that. Yeah. I yeah. I have a picture of it and now yeah. I have a, it's crazy. It was like 15, seven at like 180 or, or 85 or 86 miles an hour. And now I have a time slip of a 770 at 180, 192. Yeah. So I've gained 100 miles an hour in the car. That is which is crazy. crazy to think about that you've started 
off stock and end up where it is now. Right. So, yeah, it's it's half as fast too. So that's impressive. That's yeah, crazy. It, it, it's been a it's been a long journey. I never expected the car to be where it was at. It was just a. I mean, I still drive the car. I just I like to just enjoy cars. And yeah. This one's been like the let's enjoy it and how far can we push certain levels? So, right. Yeah. And how is the um, street racing scene or, or the racing scene in Washington? I would say very, very small. Very small. It's not like the East Coast that I see, like not yeah. at all. And I think a lot of the East Coast stuff comes from, I think the culture is different. Yeah. Um, you have a lot of Latin culture in, 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 in that area in that, and a yeah. lot of Islanders. And right. those guys have so much passion for racing that I miss that part of the Dominican. Yeah. Like the events down there were so cool because like they didn't care what you had. They didn't care what it was. They're just going to bet mm -hmm. on a car going down the track faster. Yeah. And it's like they don't care. It's in. And I miss that part. We yeah. don't have that up there. I, I don't right. have that, you know, so I do miss that, which is one of the reasons why I really love coming here, too, is you get that culture back that you never get mm -hmm. anywhere else. Yeah. Like, and I know the 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 V8 no prep racing stuff's getting really big, but we don't have a lot of that up there. We really don't. We're, the Northwest is kind of an area where you don't have a lot of good racing, unfortunately. There's races. There's a lot of tracks nearby. Yeah. But, but the actual street racing is in the Northwest is pretty minimal. And also, too, it's like not like the weather's not very good for it half the year. So California is right. much bigger for it. Southern Cal, SoCal area. Is the elevation higher over there where you at? No, I mean, we're no. pretty much sea level. Sea yeah, level. we are. Yeah, there's okay. areas that have high elevation, yeah. but not not like Denver. Yeah, no, right. We're, we're like Denver, yeah. thousand feet at the most. Most okay. areas. Yeah, so it's pretty good. So, yeah, our, our street racing scenes, nothing compared to like what we see over here. <laughs> nothing to what I see on videos, like yeah. where they close down New Jersey, New York, wherever that that one two lanes that they close. Mexico, like, Mexico. Me, wherever Mexico is, <laughs> like I've like been dreaming one of the one of those days, like, you know, part of me is like, yeah, I want to go street racing. And I'm like, do I really, though? Like if something happens, like it's a car, it's a got a lot of friends names on the car. Yeah. So I feel bad if I like. My biggest fear is always like I never have anyone in the car for any rides because right. the last thing I want to do is like kill a friend. No, 100%, and yeah. so I I usually I've had one friend of mine, Kevin, who he's the only one that's ever been in my car up to like 200 when it's front wheel drive. Yeah, almost wow. two and 185. Yeah, that is and that's wild. that's about the most I've ever put in someone because I was yeah. like, like if I like kill a friend, like I feel like it'd be real difficult to deal with, you know? No, 100. So I like I don't put anyone in it. I yeah. try not to. I've done done some street testing and I wear a helmet. Yeah. Because it's like at the level that this car is or some of these cars are, it's like you're going 150 miles an hour in from a dead stop in five and a half seconds, you know, five, six seconds, you know. So they get up to speed real fast these days. Like, I know, you know, it's crazy. If it was a front wheel drive car, it wouldn't be quite as fast. But right. you make it all wheel drive, they just do some, they're fast. Yeah, they're really fast these days. Yeah. So. How, when did you transition the car from a front-wheel drive car to an all-wheel drive car? 2021. 2021. Beginning of 2021, I, I did it. And I showed up to Texas unannounced all-wheel drive, but it had a transmission issue at the time. Okay. Had a different manufacturer on it. And I should have done a lot better on preparing myself. Yeah. But I, I just assumed it was all going to work. And the dog rings were cut wrong. And so it, it would fall out of – wouldn't stay in gear in third. What? So I didn't – it's kind of a bummer. So I showed yeah. up there and then I announced it then. And then I kind of worked the entire year fixing this transmission, having issues. And, and, and just in the end, I'm like, I broke it at the last half mile event and literally the transmission shattered in pieces. And yeah. uh, the beginning of 22, I'm like, I just, I bought a PPG transmission and, and I raced all last year on the transmission. And right. so it's definitely been an upgrade in terms of 
staying together. Yeah. So there's there's little quirks still, you know, that it still breaks, but I think that's just part of what we do as racers and right. racing is we're never gonna not break something. 100%. If you have a car that's not breaking, you're definitely running it slow, slower than it can, or you've overbuilt it so much to where, and you're running it, like if this car was a thousand horse, these cars would stay together so much better. <laughs> yeah, as weird as it sounds, a four cylinder ring, a thousand horsepower, stay together. But if we can really? get them to live at 1500, thousands definitely a lot easier. Wow. Yeah. That is impressive. No, yeah. can you talk about the shop and how you, uh, yeah, so, you got uh, we are mainly, so Lucas, he's over there somewhere. Uh, <laughs> he started the shop out of uh, his garage building DSM transmissions. Really? And then turned in the motors, transmissions, and then it turned into this big shop, you know, dyno team, got a dyno, you know, there's, uh, eight or nine guys on payroll total. Um, and we have probably 55 cars in the back lot. We're on a run on, on a, uh, home, home business style in terms of like, uh, we live, there's three of us live on property. Technically okay. I live next door. Uh, Lucas, the owner lives on the exact property. And one of my other guys, Jeff lives on the property next door. So it's like a compound. <laughs> and then, like I said, we have 50, 50 cars in the back lot that are constantly being cycled through waiting for parts, waiting for customer authorization building a car. I mean, anything from oil changes all the way on to obviously seven second builds and, and whatnot. So primarily Nissan GTRs, Mitsubishi evolutions, DSMs. If someone wants to go to a restoration project, because that's what they all are these days. Yeah. And then, uh, Lucas has a R8 that we twin turbo with an ETS turbo kit. Motec ECU runs stock motor. It's running eight twenties right now at 170, wow. seven, 78 miles an hour. So a good array of a lot of stuff. And we also assemble, all our motors in house machining okay. gets done. And then we have a guy who's been building all the motors for 10 or 12 years at the shop right now. So the same guy assembles that motor. We have books with every motor, what it's done, what the clearance is, what rods, what pistons, what bearings. And we're, we're pretty well known in the industry and the evos and stuff as being, you know, a, a pretty for where we're at, surprisingly a real good shop. So do you, uh, so with DSMs, I remember back in the day, my friend is heavy into DSMs. Yeah. Um, there was like a fast red one. Is that so probably, well, a 1G or 2G? So a uh, 2G. 2G. So probably, probably Devin Schultz from, from yes. Houston. Yes. That's, Houston, that's yeah. A, yes. Devin still is the fastest. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Devin's very fast. Uh, that car just still awesome to watch go down the track. Yeah. Still cool to see him. <laughs> still cool to see him stay with the car. I think right. he does it because he likes doing it, you know, yeah. still. Um, but yeah, Devin's still fast. He's been sixes now at like 215, almost 220. Yeah. 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 yeah we yeah. had the fastest DSM at one point, Jet Bushes. It had been a 737 back. 2G in, or 1G? 1G. 1G. Was 1G it, Auto. Was it a Talon? It was a, it was a Talon. Yeah. Okay. It was Eagle Talon. Yeah. And, and it had been 737 at like 185 or six back in like 15 or 16. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was the time. Yeah, I've been a while ago. I think. This yeah, yeah. Pretty loud. yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it, it's part of the experience. Yeah, it's cool. It fired up here. It'd be yeah, pretty. It'd probably good. be pretty loud. But yeah, so that was back in the day. Um, it's been a while. I mean, we had that car got sold to a customer, and he street races it. Really? Yeah, he does. Yeah, does no prep and does a lot of street racing with it down in California. Wow. Yeah, they, you don't see those cars. Got anymore. all the stickers pulled off of it. It's a really good car for. Yeah. For street racing, excuse me. Yeah. Auto DSM, you can make you make that car a five one, five two car on the street. Yeah, the no, eighth. they're yeah. fast. The yeah. problem is parts. I know my friend Parts uh, are hard to get. It's hard to get. Nothing's nothing available. So That is literally 
That is literally the hardest part, is finding parts for him these days. So, at the time, when you were uh, transitioning from uh, front-wheel drive to all-wheel drive, yeah. what did you use? From what, what, um, what Honda did you get the parts yeah, from? Yeah, so thankfully, like the guys at Speed Factory, uh, yeah. good friends of ours, two hours south, north of us in uh, Tacoma, Washington, they had built, uh, I think, Jason Ostrom's car, all-wheel drive, four-door. And so they used his car and developed a lot of parts that allowed me in the B-Series world, because the B-Series, there was a CRV, right? That was all we had that was yeah. a B-Series that would made up. And then, so they built a billet bell housing, a billet transfer case, all of these parts. So it's based off of a 99 Civic or Honda CRV, basically. Okay. And it has a um, Wagavan, so like an 89 Civic Wagavan rear diff right. and viscous coupler. And the viscous coupler itself has been rebuilt with different viscosity fluid. Okay. Which the viscosity, the, the higher the number, the thicker it is, the more it becomes a more all more power goes to the rear diff is the easiest way to explain it. Okay. And then I have a speed factory billet bell housing and a PPG transmission. Right. And all of that is really all it takes. And then some mounts, obviously. And, right. And then once you start breaking the stock stuff, you start upgrading. PPG has upgraded parts. Um, they have a, a high point gears, which go in the transfer case itself, transfer gear. So all of this stuff had to be made to be able to support all the power. How much does it cost to get like all that stuff uh, or go from a front wheel drive to all wheel drive? So I guess I forgot level? about a drive line, drive okay. line and rear axles. You yeah. can do some with some stock stuff, but at the power I made and everything I went, I chose to go with a drive shaft shop. Okay. So they make rear axles. They make a drive line that you can measure and they'll make it for you. Uh, looks like yeah, they're driving out. So. Oh, okay. So drive shaft shop makes all the parts drive time wise, right? Okay. That you can get. So you can, they'll have you measure your drive line uh, where the viscous is, and you can send it to them, and they'll make you a carbon drive shaft. That's what this has: two pieces, uh, front and rear. Uh, there's multiple companies that make uh, all-wheel drive conversion kits, so rear rear uh, trailing arms and stuff that have uh, the ability to bolt in, essentially. Right. So uh, there's a couple like I chose FCS race. So that's what I have in the rear of my car. Right. And so they there's then Hub City, there's uh, S1. There's a lot of companies that basically you could call them up now and order everything you need to convert your front wheel drive car to all wheel drive. Really? And, and so any Honda, basically? Pretty much almost any Honda now. Yeah, okay. almost any Honda you can get. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the platform has definitely um, evolved. Into it's evolved a lot. In the last five or six years, it's gone like pretty crazy, actually, how quick it's gotten. Yeah. How fast the advancements and parts have gotten yeah and, and the availability and how available the parts are has just honestly been crazy no it's wild yeah, yeah especially from even like 10 years ago like it's a lot pretty different. much yeah like the the k is a lot easier to make one in all-wheel drive because the k transmission all-wheel drive front-wheel drive all yeah. the parts interchange okay so you can build a k series all-wheel drive car really easy right b series you got to have a specific all-wheel drive transmission or you have an all-wheel drive converted speed factory makes an front-wheel drive to all-wheel drive conversion that you can use your old gear set with oh, if wow. you're not making a lot of power right like if you like have like an albin's dog box or an albin's trans or stock stuff and you want to put it in there all of it will work when like mine at my power you have to have a ppg they're the only as of right now they're the kind of the only guys out there that make something that's that's known and reliable and you're making how much power now so at 2680 and 195 it's about 1550 to the wheels roughly wow. yeah 
Yeah. That motor looks completely like I, I, I haven't seen it in person until yesterday, mm -hmm. but I was looking at it. I'm like, damn, even the valve cover looks so like it looks like it's it's got a billet valve cover, yeah. you know, low cash mix, like low valve cover, but nothing's really it's crazy. Like it still technically has a stock cast block, you know, yeah. with sleeve darting sleeves in it. GSR G, uh, GSR block. Yeah. Okay. With type R crank BME rods, pistons and um, the head itself is really nothing crazy. It still has VTEC, so it drives around on low cam. Okay. Most people at this level, they'll switch to a Ferrea or a web rocker of some sort. Right. Um, I like to drive the car and there just doesn't seem to be anything that I'd want to be able to idle. Driving around in a car that has a real big cam in it, like they get really yeah. lopy and like you gotta Shop. tune around a lot of stuff to get them to run right. So yeah. I ended up just keeping VTEC and figuring out how to make it work. Good thing is like, GSC Power Division, they're they're a good Greg, good friend of mine. They do all the valve train components in the car, so oh, cams, wow. valves, valve springs, I mean retainers, everything. And uh, I've been able to keep the thing together. What I would consider most people just give up and go to what works. Yeah. And I just know that every year I gotta you know change something in the head, maybe you know in right. terms of like rockers or something like yeah. that. And I feel like at at the level the car's at, that's something that probably should be done anyway. Yeah. It should be going through parts. Or right maintenance and looking at them and stuff yeah so you you never wanted to go key series at all like it wasn't a, a that thought was in your the mind? thing it's like i was thinking about going k and then it's like i've learned so much about the motor i've got a whole wiring harness and an engine harness yeah. and everything that just bolts in it's like going k would be like might as well just build another car at that point and building another car wasn't in the budget so yeah it's a whole different platform basically from b to k series. It, it is it's like everything's different like right. you can run the same turbo you can adapt the fuel pump you can adapt your, your injectors will go in like a lot of stuff would work but you're literally a completely different engine yeah it's faced the wrong way intake manifold in the front turbo in the back right 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 b-series right. is turbo in the front intake manifold in the back towards the firewall yeah so completely different um completely different uh location of everything really but does it change the location of the motor if you have an all-wheel drive no, not? all that be the same. Yeah, okay. luckily all that stuff just it's engine mounts that bolt in the same place. Got you just you. get different mounts for different parts. Right. But yeah, pretty much all the same though. So now, did you have this car? Mm -hmm. You went uh, seven seven. You said been seven seventy one at one ninety two. Yeah. At that at that speed, mm -hmm. can you talk about the experience when you're actually going that fast? It's pretty fun. I mean, that was in a that was a race in the finals at TX2K. So yeah. I was I was somehow made it into the finals in a car that was definitely not the fastest car there. Right. And the cool thing about six shift racing is is usually it's not the fastest car that makes it in. It's the car that's actually made it every round. Right. And it got real lucky, and I just I ran my race every time, and it was like that was the finals and i was like this is as quick as the car is going to be able to go it comes out it shakes the tires hard on the front uh i shift second the guy's still right next to me and i'm like i shift third and he goes away shift fourth and like i like burst out like i kind of like lost my voice at the end of it so that pass was probably the most like emotional fun pass i've ever had yeah and then it won and i won like 10 grand which was super cool not as much as building the car but <laughs> any kind of money in your pocket after you win is like an awesome thing. So right. as far as like how that pass went, it was the most exciting pass I've ever had, like by far. Uh, nothing's really going through my head. It's like, all right, make sure you shift. It's just like, once you do it a lot, it just become, it's kind of goes natural, honestly. Yeah. Like once you race a car a lot, it just all kind of becomes smooth and natural and ready. Right. Are you and ever I, nervous at all when you're, when you're like, usually like the first pass of the weekend, I'll get a little shivers in, I'll be yeah. a little nervous, but 
the majority of all of it, I'm I'm pretty calm, you know, most of the time, unless something's going wrong, and then like maybe I start getting a little freaked out. Yeah. But you know, managing a shop, dealing with customers and people, you got to be super patient in general. So right. um, I'm pretty patient in that aspect, and I wouldn't say that I get high, you know people get hyped up and they get crazy. They go like that's not me at all. Not yeah. you at all. Right? Now after each win, I was hyped up. Yeah. Right. I was like, let's go, and like we're going. Like I'd come back, and it's like let's fucking go. So <laughs> there's always stuff like that. But in general, I'm pretty calm in that aspect, unless it's like a real good race and. And like, if I did something and it was on me, like I get annoyed with myself. Like right. We're all our worst enemy, our worst critic, right? So we're always harder on ourselves than most people ever are on our on us, unless 100%. it's like maybe, a, you know, a boss or someone's like, oh, you need to do this or whatever. But yeah. in general, I'm pretty hard on myself in that aspect. If I screwed something else, like, man, I shouldn't have done that. Like, yeah. and I'm pretty hard on myself. But in general, that was a pretty fun pass. Yeah. So now you have the uh, Evo 10. Correct. I don't. Right. Only in tech, I don't own the Evo 10. But you drive, you drive, Correct. you drive yes. the car. So extreme turbo systems, which they make like parts for almost every car out there. Any okay. any car turbo, they'll make parts. Anything from Subarus to Evos to I think uh, GTRs, R8s, like anything from exhaust, intercooler kits, intakes, like pretty much a lot of stuff, anything. right? So they bought the car back in like 2008. Okay. And they were the first to run nines in it. Then my boss Lucas took, we took it over as a shop. So it's their car, but we built the car. That's why it says uh, ETS okay. on the side gotcha. of it, right? So we built the car and then we 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 uh, we maintain and we would race the car. So we'd go to two or three big events a year. We'd bring a full, uh, we'd bring X amount of techs and we'd have spare motors, transmissions, everything. And we would race the car at a competitive level. And we, you know, Luke, Luke was the first into the eights in the Evo 10. So same car, first in the nines, Evo 10, then first in the eights. And then it, and then I took the car over as far as the driver in like 2018 because Lucas wanted to focus on the Evo 8, yeah. our Evo 8. And so then it was like we went from like 850s to 820s or 830s to then 824.5. And then it was like a an 815 or 16. And we're like, man, like we're we say we're kind of close to sevens, right? But yeah. like an 815 and 80 or 7.9 is actually quite a bit, right? Right. So then we, you know, we fought real hard to get there. Uh, at the time, the other there was another guy. He ran an 8:15, and he had beat us. He was he was there, and he had that record for probably about five or six months. And we came okay. to World Cup, and I think I qualified with like an 8:15 with an eight or nine, and he had been an 8:15 with a three. So we hadn't got him <laughs> yet. And um, so then, test and tune on the Monday there, we ran a two eight o's back to back 803 807 and uh, it was actually kind of crazy like it had cracked the head and lost all the water came out of the head <laughs> so when that happened we we're like we just ran an 80 like what do we do and we're like well we just drained all the water out of the car and ran and took the radiator out did all the stuff and basically sent the car down the track with no water in it did like four passes it's pretty what? common now a lot of people do that yeah but sent the car down without any water we'd basically fire the car up drive it to the line put oh, on two steps and off we right, go right and uh we didn't run the seven that weekend but tx2k in the next next year i think it was 2020 actually because it was yeah. right when COVID happened um we ended up the last pass of the weekend somehow busted out 794 at like 185 or six and we were the first to the sevens with an evo 10. so it was kind of cool the three different drivers, technically a couple different iterations of the car. Right. One same car, first to the 
nines, eights, and sevens. So, yeah. We that still have the car. Crazy. Last year, we ended up going a 776 at 189, and it's been a best mile an hour of 192. Wow. So, yeah. At the time, we had the fastest Evo in the world for mile an hour in the quarter. Evo, Doesn't matter. Period. Evo 8, 9, 10. 8, 9, or 10. I think technically there might have been Evo 3 that had higher mile an hour. Don't quote me on that. I'm not 100%. But Evo 8, 9, we had higher mile an hour than they did. Which in the Evo crazy. 10. In the Evo 10, yeah. That's the last one I would think to be the That's, fastest. Yeah, as, as everyone says, it's not a real Evo. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we ended up doing that, which was super cool. And then this year, we were like, do we really need to race it and put the money into that when we could put the money into something else? Yeah. So we ended up um, not racing at all this year. So oh, wow. Just, just parked waiting, yeah. you know, if we want to race again. So, yeah. Is is the Evo a thing because of the DSMs before? Is it like I think so, yeah. It was kind of the iteration of Mitsubishi, yeah. Because yeah. the 4G63 and the Evo 8.9 is similar to the Evo uh, uh, DSM. It's just cast iron block. Cast iron, yeah. Right. But DSM and Evo 8.9 are very similar. Right. You know, actually, same valves, valve strings, and all that go in both of them. So. Right. Yeah. So the Evo 10 is completely different engine. That's what I'm saying. Like, that car is like, uh, is it heavy? Is it heavier? I never it's looked a little heavier it. stock, yeah. Right. Yeah, so what is, is it about those cars that makes it, like, difficult to, to run fast times with? It's a completely styled new motor, like a completely new motor. style of motor. Aluminum, block, head, shim bucket style, not rockers. Right. And they were made to be efficient. They weren't made to be as good of a race engine as a 4G63. So they, they, they come factory with Inconel exhaust valves. And that's not common in mm. anything from a factory yeah. in a turbo vehicle. And that car came with them. So there's a lot of like figuring out how to make stuff work. And we just kind of stuck with the car. and. And, you know, we went from blowing a motor every weekend to now the, the motor will go an entire weekend of racing without a problem. And so we use that as our benchmark to, OK, hey, we can make this do this. Now we can we can sell this to a customer and build them a car that can run yeah. eights. And actually, like we have another customer that ran 850 in a full street Evo 10, 850 wow. at 163. Daniel, gorgeous car, uh, full interior, no cage, nothing what in it. What color is the car? It's white. OK. I know there's a red one that's pretty fast. There's a well. red one down in California. I think his name's Jared. Yes. He's really fast. Yeah. 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 I think that, I think our car beat him too. The, our, the one customer car. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there was a, I interviewed uh, Ange with the Edge, Evo. Edge, Edge. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ange, he's uh he's from Jersey. He has mm -hmm. like a blue Evo. Uh, I think he has an Evo eight, mm -hmm. but he's claimed to have the world's fastest Evo. I don't know if he basically, I don't I, know if I he think he claims it. the fastest on the street maybe or something. Yeah. Call that a small micro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, sure. Yeah. I mean, we could put our car on the street too and go fast, but yeah. Are you going to claim it's the fastest on the street? Not really. There's some cars out there that people don't even know about that live on the, that live yeah. that nobody knows about just because right. they're posting about it. doesn't mean there isn't a faster one out there, but you know, the car's fast, right? That car's fast. You're not gonna, but to say it's the fastest Evo, it's like, is it though? Yeah. Could I, we um, drive a street? Could we, we could drive a car on the street. Like that customer's car is a street car. Yeah. You know, and it's been like three, three or three, four, 60 to 130. Yeah, it's a pretty fast car for that a street fast. car, right? Yeah. You know, that this guy calls this, this other guy, you know, street car. So yeah, it's hard to keep cars together that actually, and really finding a good road to be able to do that's difficult too. Yeah, put that power down. Yeah. yeah 100%. So, yeah. So can you, what I'm curious about is, I've always wondered, um, going to these events, mm -hmm. there's a lot of people with a lot of um, crazy builds, right? Yeah. A yeah. lot of money into these these cars, you got Tons. trailers and so on. Mm -hmm. um, but like, where's, I mean, I don't want to be a pocket watcher, but like, where, where do you start? Like, how do you get to this level? Well, that depends. Are you someone that, 
you know, has built a very good business and you have some money to spare, you probably want to find someone. You decide what kind of car you want. If you're not a tinkerer and you're not a mess with it yourself, yeah, probably find out someone in your area if there is anyone that is really good with that car. Okay. And you probably go to them and you figure out how fast the cars they've messed with are. And then you decide, all right, well, if I want a car faster than what they've done, it might be really difficult to go to them because they've never been there, right? Right. So you probably want to find a very established shop that has done it, right? That has built a car fast, um, the car that you want to race, yeah. right? Or if you're someone who's a real good mechanic and you want to tinker with your own stuff, then you just start tinkering with it yourself. Right. And then you start building it. So, you know, over the years, you'll learn a lot of stuff that like took years for other people to learn. And I think that knowledge that you have, let's call it knowledge that you've learned the hard way is usually the best knowledge in terms of building anything car wise. Mm. Cause you're like, well, I'll never make that mistake again. Right. So you got two options. If you've got the money, you go to a shop that can do it. If you don't have the money, but you're really a good, you're a real good tinkerer, then you start tinkering with stuff yourself and you learn how to build it and you go from there. Right. If you've got friends that build cars and they're willing to help you out, then that's also awesome, you know? But it's hard to find that sometimes that, you know, as we get, as we get older, um, our time's a little more valuable. So it's like a lot of people don't want to spend as much time. Like as I'm getting older, like my drive from 10 years ago isn't quite the same as working on the car. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've been in the shops in two, three in the morning before. And like now I'm like, yeah, about 11 to 12, unless I like have to go somewhere. Like I'm like, yeah, we're, we're good tonight, you know? Yeah. So that you got to have that drive. And usually the younger you are, the more drive you seem to have. That's, that's um, true. Or if you're like, want to beat someone real bad, you have big drive there too. So right. I would, like I said, yeah, that that's my best recommendation. Not because I work for a shop and that's what we do, but because I've seen so many people and customers and friends spend three times as much money because they went somewhere that was cheaper that really didn't know what they were doing. Right. And they end up costing you way more on the very end. And that that's a bigger problem that happens more than anything, to be honest. Yeah. People, people go to a shop that doesn't know what they're doing. They look like they know what they're doing. They've got this big, you know, front of a, of a shop that just looks like they're, they're spending money on marketing. Yeah. And they're really not that good. Yeah. That happens more in every, pl- I don't care what platform it is, that happens all the time. And that, that's the sad part is these people spend all this money and like, when we build a motor and we put a car together, we tune it, we build it, we assembled it, we'll guarantee, we'll guarantee the car to make X amount of power and survive for X amount of time. Right. Obviously, if it's a 1500 horse drag car, we can't guarantee that it's gonna survive. Right. We usually will go to the track reliable. and we'll make sure it at least goes down the track and runs at some sort of a number and we'll kind of guarantee that. But you know, our streetcar stuff, we build six, seven, 800 horse streetcars. And I wouldn't say there's a warranty there. There is a written warranty of some sort Yeah. that there isn't a written warranty that I would say. Um, but like if I built a car and this customer drove down the street and it chucked a rod down the street, pretty much betting we're taking care of it. Sight unseen without any, right. without, without, if it blows up on the dyno in our hands, customers, like, I'll call them and say, Hey, it blew up, but guess what? We're taking care of it. This is why coming to us does this. So if you go to a shop that they're not going to help you out is they built everything. They assembled it. They built it. They tuned the car. They did everything and it broke. And they're like, oh man, it's going to cost this much to fix it. That's not the shop you want to be at. Yeah. I, I fear, especially in, um, in New York. Yeah. It's pretty common. They probably got a really good deal because the, it's very difficult to make a true living building cars. Exactly. Yeah. Because the cost of the parts, there's not a big margin in them. Right. For one, two, there isn't a, 
you can have great parts from all these manufacturers and something can still be off and fail. Right. It's nothing to do with anything you've done. So we call that Darwin just happens. Yeah. So when you build cars, it's like that one, that point zero zero one percent failure rate that that company had failed on us. That happens and there's no way around that. So you as a shop have to have the capital to be able to overcome something like that. Mm. There's no doubt that like you can build motors very cheap, but if you're building motors as a shop and you're trying to supply everyone with something like that to your customers and stuff, and if you can't take care of it as if if you built the whole car and you can't afford that car, if something happens in your hands, you probably shouldn't be building a car for customers. Yeah. So now on the topic of being cheap or building for cheap. Yeah. You have a Honda. Yeah, right? we talked about, we, we totally blew over the conversation of what it costs to build this, huh? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's cool. Did. It's going to yeah. come up again. I had to ask. Yeah, um, so it was, it was, it hurt. I looked up kind of everything on this car, what it would cost in about 2021 to duplicate the car. It was over a hundred grand in parts. Over a hundred thousand yeah. dollars to build the world's fastest Integra. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you had a shop build it, if like someone wanted to duplicate this car, it'd be $150,000 to build as a shop. Probably. Everything, motor, transmission. Yeah, just one of them though, not just, doubles. Okay. Yeah, one. <laughs> just one. <laughs> yeah. So like you start adding parts, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15 grand in a, an entire long block, right? Yeah. Cool. You're there. Transmission, bell housing, transfer case, rear diff, all wheel drive conversion, uh, rear axles, front axles, all this stuff, 30 grand, 30, 35 grand minimum. Wow. Turbo kit, intercooler kit, fuel system, clutch. Random stuff, 40, 20 to 30 grand, right? You got $3,800, $4,000 turbo, right? Got a manifold, it's 1,500 to two grand. You got an intercooler, it's 800 to 1,500 bucks. You start adding all these things together, you know, two sets of 2,600cc injectors, three three grand, right? Yeah. Two, eight injectors, three grand. ECU, so I have a Motec M1 in my car. It's very- Oh, you're running Motec? Yeah, correct, Motec oh, okay. M1. So it's not a lot of, most people, a lot of people are switching to it these days, but I've had it since 16 and it, ha- it wasn't a very common thing in the Hondas back then. Right. But you add ECU, package, logging, wiring harness, PDM, keypad, dash, 15, 20 grand. Damn. Right? Cool. Wheels, tires. These, this car still has stock brakes, right? Stock front GSR brakes, right? But you add wheels and tires. I mean, you're five grand in wheels and tires. Yeah. So like we can just add up a lot of little things that I just off my head remembered and we're like 80 grand already. Then you think (laughs) of all these little things you don't think about. Fuel system fittings, lines, um, just little uh, sensors, like, you know, manifold, you know, um, uh, map sensor, oil pressure sensor, coolant pressure sensor, crankcase pressure sensor, cam crank sensor. Um, I mean, like you start adding all these things up, these sensors are 200 bucks a piece now. So you're two grand, 2,500, three grand in sensors real quick too. So you really sit and add it up and it's like, you really want a car at that level. You probably should have all these things because you can actually monitor and see everything that you've got going on. Right. And uh, I think a lot of people just like, I, I'm, I was that guy back when I was a kid. I was like, oh, I don't need all that stuff. Like if it's good, it's broken, it's broken. Nobody needs a coolant pressure sensor. Yeah. It's gonna, if it's, if it's got coolant pressure, it's gone. Well, till I torched the head once because cool <laughs> pressure went through the roof when they blew a head gasket. Wow. Well, that's one of those times that, you know, it's like, well, let's not do that. So <laughs> you really, you really add it all together. It, a car at this level is, is very expensive, you know, right. and, and I built this car over 
I've had this car since 06, completely stock, and I didn't build it to the level it is in one year, right? right? I built it over 10 years of just improving the car every year, little bits at a time, you know? 10, 20 grand a year is kind of what my budget is to be able to throw out the car. Okay. Which, you know, is, you know, it's a lot still, you yeah. know? And luckily being at the shop, I get, I get parts that are really good deal, but right. like people think that parts are, there's 50% margin in parts. I'm like, you're lucky if there's 15% margin in parts. <laughs> and um, certain stuff, like they don't care. You just, it costs what it costs. And right. then that, you know, that is what it is. So yeah, it helps, you know, but you also like people's like, oh, you're sponsored this and that. And like, yeah, I am. But I had to build the car. I had to do something. I had to become somebody with the car for anyone to even care. Yep. You don't go to a shop and say, hey, I want you guys to sponsor me as a brand new customer. Like it doesn't happen. You yeah. spend the money, they build your car, you go through that. Then we'll talk about sponsoring and helping you out. That is and a so, fact. you know, I was approached by a couple of companies, you know, and and they helped me out a lot. But stuff's still expensive. Yeah. You know, you still have to spend the money to get there. You have to spend the money. And you have to do a lot more. I mean, the, the car scene's changed a little compared yeah. to what it was 10, 12, 13 years ago. Right. From what I've been, you know, there's a lot there's a lot less racers these days, at mm -hmm. least on our side of the USA. I don't know what it's like on this side. What do you mean by there's a lot less racers? I feel like there's not as many people going out to races and racing, like import face-off or events like that. Okay, at like events you mean? At like events, yeah. Okay. There's, there's way more car show people. Mm. That younger generation in my eyes is all about, I've seen is all about that car show it is cheaper to build a show car to an extent obviously yeah. you can spend 100 grand on building the most coolest car show ever yeah like car and it has all the right stuff that'll go fast right but it is technically a car show because it goes to shows but right. that's what i feel like it's not how it used to be i remember going to honda tech meets in like 07 08 and there'd be four or five hundred cars parked at a whole walmart parking lot like i don't mm. see the honda tech meet like that anymore yeah i do see stance meets like that though and that's one thing that wasn't cool back in Remember the, the back in like, I think probably sometime around 2012, 13, 14, you saw the rusted hood fade, the rusted hood and the slammed Hondas you know, with I remember crazy the rusted hood. You remember that? Yeah, I yeah that do. was a thing. It didn't last very long. It didn't though. last very long, but that started, I feel like that part. So that stuff is, uh, you know, I remember that, you know, so, and up where we live, there's just not a lot of people who go to racing I and mean, like import face off. Like they do a great, I think they do great at, at racing, being able to, uh, place for us to go race and have and have some sort of payouts and stuff right because there isn't any other series around us that that really does that for imports that is yeah. there's a lot of v8 little races and stuff but and he said he's seeing a decline cliff's the owner he's seeing a decline in people going racing even though he has payouts he says the people care about two-step competitions yeah. they care about the low the low limbo the limbo, low Limbos, limbo yeah and and that's the thing he said they sell out all the car show and all of that in a heartbeat so, you know, I think it's shifting a little, you know, the people aren't racing as much yeah. at, at a certain level, right? right. The, obviously here this weekend, this is, this is the top 1% of all the imports in the entire, and some of the domestics, in the entire USA of how fast they are. Right. Obviously where they're not all like NHRA, ProMed or top fuel stuff like that, for, for what all these cars are, they're all the fastest in what they do. Right. And uh, it's still very big here. And people love to watch the racing too. Yeah. And then most of the people you will see here, you will see a lot of Latin American culture people. Mm -hmm. I'm culture. I'm Latin American, and you see a lot of Islanders. Yeah, Jamaica, Trinidad, Tobago, like all like Bahamas. Like, there's tons, and I think it's like people fly here from all over. And I talk to every year, and it's like we don't get that where we're at. 
yeah. Northwest. Like no one's like, oh, let's go fly to Northwest and watch a race. It doesn't happen. <laughs> but people fly from all over to watch this race. And that's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I wanted to ask you before when you were talking about the Evos and the, and the, yeah. uh, the, the Integra. Between the two, 4G63 mm-hmm. and the B-Series, mm-hmm. what do you think is better? <laughs> I knew that question was coming. <laughs> I um, have to hear from the world from the world record. So you probably spend more money building an all-wheel drive Honda than you would building an Evo in terms of like, I have to buy a transfer case. I have to do a bill. I, I spend five, six grand on a transfer case, right? Okay. You could do that. You could go sevens on a stock transfer case in an Evo. Mm. So you spend a little more in certain aspects. I have to do a billet bell housing. I have to do all this stuff that you don't need on an Evo, right? But the Evos are very difficult to get to work because they are a true 50-50 all-wheel drive car. They are okay. all-wheel drive, right? This is a all-wheel drive car with a viscous. Can you so, explain what that is? So this viscous coupler, so it basically, you know, someone will probably tell me I'm wrong or whatever, but um, <laughs> once you overpower the viscous, it doesn't allow any more power to go to the rear ah. and the rest of the power goes to the front. Okay. Once you overpower the viscous fluid in there, it, it won't let you put more power to the rear. Ah, so it yeah. acts like it's rear wheel drive assist depending on the fluid you have in it. While an Evo has a center differential that controls front to rear power. Front to rear, right. So that's what makes an Evo so difficult to drag race. It's because you can't spin the tires. Like I can launch this car and the front tires will blow loose and they'll have a 25 mile an hour burnout and the rear will just be solid and straight. The Evo, if you blow the front tires loose, it's then gonna decide, you know what, we're gonna send this power back to the rear and then you have this porpoising. That's why a lot of Evos struggle to get off the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the all-wheel drive system in the Evo for for rally and everything about it, definitely better than the viscous stuff for sure. But in terms of drag racing, the viscous and everything, how it works is a lot nicer. Mm. And then Honda guys have been obviously going fast front wheel drive for years. You give them another, you give them 300 horse, 400 horse to the rear tires, of course we're gonna go fast. Yeah. So right now the Hondas have already gone sixes in half the time that it took Evos to go sevens. All wheel drive, like speed factories, already been sixes, all wheel drive. Now the DSM have, they've gone sixes before, right? Yeah. They're very similar. Um, They work a little better than Evos. They They weren't built as a rally car. Like an Evo was technically built as a rally car. Right. And the suspension geometry, a lot of stuff like that's very different than what the DSM is. The DSM has really long trailing arms in the rear that kind of help help a little bit there. So there's a lot of little things, but in the grand scheme of it, uh, the the DSM's a better drag car, on I would say. Okay. Than than the than the Evo eight nine or ten for sure. And then I still think the Honda to an extent can definitely be a little bit better of a drag car to, than both. So if we were talking about building a car and you wanted something awesome. A five, an 800 horse Honda all wheel drive would be real fun. And you could do it with oh, a lot man. of stock parts. You could yeah. do it with a lot of stock parts. And you know, an Evo is still a 32 or 300 pound car, yeah. four doors, you know, it's, it's not a light car. So Evos have their place. They're 600 horse stock, you know, 600 horse, uh, 600 wheel Evo on the street. It's a lot of fun and yeah. you can just enjoy it. You know, you want to get greedy 800, 900,000. It's like, they just, none of them survive there for a long time. Right, right. Not if you're really hard on it, you know? Yeah. And there's a lot of people out there who really aren't like, they're like, oh, we're just going to send it every pass. And it's like, yeah, you're not going to have a <laughs> car running very soon, you know? <laughs> right. Um, so I didn't really answer that question, did I? <laughs> you did. You did. I was trying to think. Just, I'm like, 
No, I you kind of beat around it. And if it's you like, if you want a Honda that you know, in in terms of Honda, eight hundred it's, it's it's an eight hundred an eight hundred all wheel eight hundred wheel all wheel drive Honda is gonna mess a lot of cars up everywhere. Right, and it's right. a lot of fun. You know, um, you know which one the build is all what you like. Right. You know, if you like Evos, there's there's some cool parts about Evos. If you like Hondas, there's cool parts about Hondas too. Like you know, so there's there's difference of all of them and. You know, the, the 4G63 is still one of the best four-cylinder motors ever ever produced. Like a, You said one of. So that was the next of. question. Yeah. What do you think are the top three four-cylinder engines? I heard this one. Actually, wasn't it Dan Rue who talked about yeah, yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but he didn't really... He has, a, he has a GTR. GTR, yeah. So he doesn't really know. Right. He yeah. knows about the SR20, but... If we go off of look at the guys. cars that have been fi fives in the quarter, it's been a K-series that's been fives in the quarter. That's okay. fast, right? That. K-Series is definitely one of the top five motors. I think 46.3 is up there, too, in the top five motors for sure. 46.3. You got five for me. I got five, yeah. 46.3 right. is one. We want to really talk about it. The Ecotech four-cylinder motor has been fives also. Okay. So that, you know, you don't, they don't, there's not a lot of them out there that right. do stuff, but the very top motors, that car's been fives. Um, I think the B-Series motor is, it's got to be a top five motor out there. Yeah. Um, 46.3, Ecotech. K series, B series. What would be the other one that would be up there? You got um, one more, no? It's the top five. Huh? It's top five. That's four. Did yeah, I do you four? Said five. five. Yeah, I think that was four, right? Yeah. Maybe yeah. Yeah, K series, B series, forty six three Ecotech. No, there's one more. What it is though, I can't remember. That'd what about a Toyota? Four. Any Toyota motors? Toyota has some cool motors. Corollas. Yeah. Uh, they have some 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 cool engines. 3SGT is a really cool motor. Mm -hmm. We didn't get a lot of them here in the USA. Yeah. You know, all the MR2s you see out there are all K-swapped yeah. instead of, because K-swap, it's a really good motor. Like right. that, that motor is really good. I think B-Series for being a motor that came out of, you know, um, came out of uh, 1989 or 1991 or like that's pretty impressive motor still. Yeah. SR20. That's a really cool, SR20. really cool four cylinder motor. Yeah. Yeah. So those would be my top five in no particular order. We'll just say those are the top five coolest motor four cylinder motors out there. Definitely a SR20. Like, I think those guys. There's there's a Mazworks has built some really cool SR20 motors. I've seen, they've got a really fast, almost a five second SR20 now. Almost, wow. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Five yeah. seconds is wild, dude. Yeah, yeah, no retarded. Stupid, <laughs> stupid. That is wild. Yeah, stupid. Yeah. So you have um, stock front and you're not you're not wide body on the yeah, front of this no car. No wide body, right? yeah. Can you explain that? Can you talk about that a little bit? All of that came from when I was when I was doing half mile stuff. Okay. So this car used to have a big diffuser on the rear. It doesn't have that anymore. Oh. Someone ran it over last year at the event oh, and I damn. never put it back on. But um, I, I built a whole under tray under the car okay. uh, to keep this thing stable at 200 miles an hour, right? right? Like you'd never think of a Honda being very stable going down the track, right? So at 200 miles an hour. so. Um, I went with the frontal area and area and the streamline effect. So if you look at Bonneville, the cars that go really fast look like, like arrows. Yeah, aerodynamic, yeah. And I did some calculations at one point that if I had a, a wide front end like most Hondas do, the, the actual frontal area, I would need like an extra 80 horsepower to maintain 200 miles an hour than my car with a stock front end. Mm. So I decided that I would, I'm like, I didn't want to change any of that. I right. didn't also like the look of the wide front end with the big wide front tire and all right. that stuff. So I just kept the thing a stock front end the whole time. Yeah. And I've cut holes in it. I've learned the hard way. Like, you know, you have a big intercooler. Air's got to come in 
when air comes in, it's got to find a way out fast. Yeah. And if it comes in fast and you have an under tray that like, you know, a flat bottom or something, it has to find a way out. Right. And it actually blew the entire under tray off at 180 miles an hour. It didn't blow it off, but it broke it down. Wow. And so I was like, well, air's coming in. It has to find a way out. That's also why I have a hood, a vent in the hood. Mm. Evos come factory with vents in the hood. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yes. And it's an, it's an aerodynamic thing and it's, 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 it's get to get heat out. Right. right? And uh, so mine was to get the air out fast. So air comes in, it goes out fast. And I've got pictures of my car at like 200 miles an hour. The car drops all together about an inch, inch and a half. Yeah. Because of the air that, not escaping because and pushing not, the car down? Not that, but the amount of downforce it was creating at 200 miles an hour at the time, wow. it would actually suck the car down a little. I don't have the numbers. I wish I did, but I've got stationary pictures, same day. And I've kind of got them like middle of the way. And at the time, like the suspension was a little soft. So yeah. it was actually on the bump stops. Ah. Yeah, because the, the actual aerodynamic was pushing the car so far down that it was overcoming the springs and everything that were in it. So um, I wish I had, I could have got the car in a, uh, in a wind tunnel, honestly. That would have <laughs> been so cool to see. But I, you know, we don't, we don't have any wind tunnels that are easy accessible where I'm located, yeah. so sadly. Um, I would have loved to see what the aerodynamic drag of the whole car was at the right. time. Right, right. Yeah but I never did. So that's why I kept the front end. And then now I just, I like to, I don't like the front end, the wide front end look. Cause if you ever see a Honda with a wide front end, normal street tires, the, the, the tires six inches in. Yeah. And so it just know, doesn't look good. For us, you know, for the stance guys, you gotta, you gotta be flush. Yeah. With the fenders, so, you know? <laughs> so like I have like a very flush fitment all around. Like I have 15, 15 by sevens in the rear, 15 yeah, looks, by eights in the good. front. It's, it's functional form looks good. Right. I bolt the street tires on it. They fit flush. I don't have to, I just have spacers, put spacers on and that's all I got to do. And now, then I go racing. Would a wider tire give you faster or lower times? The, you know, I would, I would like to think a wider tire in the front would help with the, uh, ET. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I definitely think it would for and sure. And then what about trap speeds? I don't know. You know, I feel like if you can get more power down sooner, you, the trap speeds should go up, you right. know, but. You know, my car, as of right now, it's in the top five fastest all-wheel drive Hondas mile an hour wise. Been 195. There's only two people that have been faster yeah. at right now. Ostrom and Speed Factory. <laughs> and I'm assuming that's going to change by this weekend. I think there's two or three cars that should go 200, right? Right. Um, and um, so, yeah, like I've been the fastest, you know, and it's all stock. So I do think it would help the ET for sure. Right. I think the mile an hour might technically suffer a little bit, but then you're gonna put power down sooner, so I don't think it would suffer at all. It wouldn't suffer. I think right. it would only be better for the car. But then I'd have to redo the whole car. Get yeah. it to fit. Like get this big tire to fit. This is a fifteen by eight on the front, right? Okay. And, uh, and when all these guys are running thirteen by elevens, that's a lot. That's so wide. you have a lot more contact patch for sure. I might right. break more stuff too. So maybe <laughs> maybe more front power is not what I want, you know? No, 100%. So but I do think it would go quicker and faster with a bigger tire, yeah. But am I going to do it? Probably not. <laughs> so what I love about this car is that you can, like if you took the stickers off, you took the wing off, and you have a velocity stack on the front, right? I do have a velocity yeah, stack, so yeah. If you took yeah. that off, I feel like it would look like... It would look very stock. Stock. Yeah, it's nothing But it's, it's like nothing a 1,400 crazy. horsepower, right? Yeah, 15, 15, 1,500 yeah. horsepower 1500, car. 1,500, yeah. And the world's fastest car. Yeah. So I noticed that you... Um, well, when we spoke, you mentioned a lot of Starbucks runs. Yeah, I, I drive... I Honestly, I drive this car a lot. Like, as, my, as at the level of what the car is, nobody else drives their car like this. Nobody. 
with the and, amount of power and what it's, you know. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't even matter because when I'm out driving it, I'm not ripping on it. I'm just right. driving it because I enjoy cruising the car. And the car is actually, I've driven a couple friends in it and they're like, this is not anything that I, what I expected in this car. Like it's, it's a lot more tame. It drives pretty good. Like for what it is, it's, right. I drive the car on methanol all the time. So just drive it around. And I, oh, you meth. Know, yeah, all meth. Oh yeah. Yeah. Straight methanol all the time. So you don't have any other cars in your fleet or? I do. Yeah. I have a, I have a 99 CRV. Okay. Which is, is know, that the typical. daily? That's the daily. Yeah. Okay. And I have a 94 Mitsubishi Pajero right-hand drive, 2.8 liter wow. turbo diesel, uh, manual five speed. Yeah. It's a cool little, little car. Yeah. <laughs> it's super cool. Yeah. So this is the build. This is the build. Yeah. Yeah. No, no kids, no wife. It's easy to spend money on a car at that point. So if there was any other car you can build, cause you're obviously uh, four I knew this would come too. I have to ask you, man, that. cause you're a four cylinder guy, right? So if there's any other car you could build, what would it be? Would you go for a six cylinder V8? Rotary? I want something fast. You want something fast? I'd have to be something faster and more reliable. So six cylinder and up, you know, and honestly, I look at like the new Coyote, the, the, the Coyote platform, the Mustangs, yeah. how fast they're going with very limited stuff, like limited meaning like nothing super crazy. You know, I, I think a Mustang would be pretty cool to build. And like so many people, like the platforms there, the programs there, it's it's easy to do. Right. So I'd probably build a Mustang of some sort, you know. Really? As weird as it sounds, yeah. It's so opposite of what I thought you would car. Said. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, like I said, when you get older, we want to work on shit less, right? Yes, that's So true. then that whole, now obviously every car takes certain amount at every level, right? Right. But a seven second, stick shift or a seven second Mustang is not that difficult to build these days. My cost, I mean, it's going to cost money, Yeah, but like, it's not that difficult to build in terms of like getting it to work. The plat, the programs there, the platforms there, it's all easy in that aspect to do. Is that because we're already in the States though? You think? Yeah. I mean, even down in like down in uh Brazil, they've got these uh, GM based six cylinder inline six cylinder cars running low seven stick shift. <laughs> like we never got yeah. these cars and these guys are, going really fast stick you shift know? stick shift cars yeah so um but yeah i mean not because we're in the states just because that platform everything works and a lot of people have built them and are building them so they're really easy to get to go fast wow for sure yeah okay so yeah i said mustang yeah yeah I'm sorry. i was not expecting not what you're that. expecting huh no i i, I like mustangs though I mean, I I'd build an Evo too. Like Evo would be fun, but yeah. like I'd, I'd want that as like a fast fun daily driver because they're real fun at six seven hundred horse and right. pretty reliable there yeah, done yeah, right. No, they're reliable. Yeah, yeah. they definitely are. They definitely are yeah. reliable for sure. Now you mentioned that you uh that you would uh, Coyote right? Coyote platform stick shift they're doing in Brazil. This yeah. is stick. This is stick also right? Yep. Manual. Yeah, so what made you speed. keep it a manual rather than? You don't have any options in the Honda to do oh, you anything. You don't have any options. Not, not, not the B series. Like okay. you don't have an auto that works fast. Oh. And then there okay. isn't anything all-wheel drive as of yet that's sequential. They will do everything. So you're pretty much stuck with a clutch. You gotta learn how to drive it eventually. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is. Really it's not like the BMW supermarket that's all DCT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have that option with these cars. Yeah, these are out. These are early '90s cars set up around that, so you don't have that that luxury at all. No, no. What if it was a K series? K series, you'd have sequential option, but not an auto, not in the transverse style how they come. Yeah, you you can do a sequential, but you're not going to get an auto or a DCT or anything like that. You could probably fit like a one of those DCTs out of an RS3. You could probably figure out how to make it work, but then. It's a lot to do, you know, to make something work like that. So, damn, dude, yeah, you don't. We don't have that option. Yeah, this it's really easy. All these, all these guys with newer BMWs, all-wheel drive, DCT, like, 
or uh, not not Auburn DCT. They got autos, the ZF or whatever they are. Yeah. Like that whole. That's why those cars have progressed and gotten so fast so soon, is because the transmissions work so well. Mm. You know, just look at like you know Audi R8s and Nissan GTRs and D all the DCTs there. Like how fast those cars have gotten in the last three or four years. Yeah transmission once you have the parts that work and the the ecu to control it and the parts to survive you can make it happen wow yeah so what are you looking to do what's next for you um in terms of today as well at the, at the event yeah so we're gonna do probably round one qualifying here i'd guess in about an hour or so mm -hmm. um you know i i had to add some weight to the car i added about 80 pounds to the car really and i had to go smaller turbo so instead of a um instead of a Okay, I just wanted to make sure they weren't like yeah, calling yeah, my no, class cool, or dude. something. Cool. So <clears throat> I want to go fast in qualifying. I want to do a good time. I want to okay. be in the top seven or eight cars down the track, you know, as far as the speed and ET. And then, um, you know, I never really have a car that I would consider at the top of the class that can actually win. Right. I've just been really lucky to make it certain places with cars that have the, yeah. the Evo 10 in this car. Um, this is probably the first time I feel like if everything works, the car will be in the top five and has a really good chance at racing and winning. And I actually really want to win Yeah. just cause it would be really stupid to be able to win two big events in one year, Yeah. you know, and I'm, I'm like all about it, but I also know that like, that's a very difficult thing to do. Luck always has to be on your side. You know, there's a lot of little things that are hard to do, but you know, there's 32 cards, cars, 32 car field. So there's yeah. a lot of rounds. There's a lot of things that happen. And this weather is super cold this year. The track's really hard to get the temperature up. So yeah. there's a lot of little things that are going to be very difficult to make happen. So um, I would say like if I could qualify in the top five in this class in Super Street and then be a real good contender, I'm, I'm, that's what my goal is this weekend. Yeah, that is dope, man. I yeah. actually haven't seen the car run yet. Yeah, you didn't do a test pass yesterday. I did not. I thought no, you. I, was, I thought you were. I saw. On I Instagram. was. I was up in the air. Like I was, and then I decided no because I kept watching cars go on the track, and the, the track just didn't look very good because I think it was first time. Yeah. Super cold. It was windy all day. The track was actually colder yesterday than it is today. It was. Yeah. Dude, yeah it was cold the yesterday. wind, like the wind, was like wind adds like or subtracts like twenty degrees when it's five mile an hour. I swear. Yeah. <laughs> dude, me and uh, just like the camera's <laughs> gonna add ten pounds to me somewhere. Oh, no, yeah, I definitely add ten pounds. We went to Walmart yesterday to get some shiesties. We had to, we had to, we had to, you know what I'm saying? The weather was kind of crazy. Yeah. So yeah, today is a little a bit better. Thing. It's not as windy. Yeah. So it's not as much wind. I think it's going to be a little nicer of a day today for yeah. sure. So I'm hoping that the track works, what the updates and stuff that I've done cooperate and, and, uh, the car doesn't break. Awesome. If it breaks. I've got a couple of parts put back if it, if I break certain parts. So. All right. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your yeah, time, man. Um, but I really appreciate you. No, I appreciate doing you, this. man. Thank you. Talking. I'm, I'm yeah. glad I actually finally got to sit yeah, with you. Yeah, you too, man. Um, and I'm I haven't excited. had too many Honda guys on the platform because, uh, or on, on the podcast because, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't really go to you. Don't Honda want to associate anymore. yourself with us lower Honda. No, guys. it's not even <laughs> that. No, it's not even that. I'm just, just messing with you. Yeah, yeah. No, I trust me. I Hondas wouldn't be like the first person that I'd be like, oh, let me go talk to this Honda guy. No, it's not even that. It's, it's just like, I don't, I haven't been in the, the Honda street racing scene at all. Lately. Yeah. Well, so I'm I don't not really know people into like much of the Honda street racing scene, but there right. are some points, you know, I'm, I see it's a big, yeah. big scene, you know, is, yeah. and just not where we're at, you know, right. not to the level that these guys on the East coast do. Like I mm -hmm. actually think it'd be really fun to take the car out to an event like that or a, that'd be so dope in Mexico. Right. Yeah. But I also hear that like, it'd be one of those things that like, 
a lot of people know this car. So it's like it shows up. It's like no one might. Want, no one's gonna. There might no not be anyone who wants to race it. Yeah. You know what? I, the the way I told like Sonic was telling me, he's like he's like, nah, we'll just post out there that. You know, we got this car to race and then no one will know what it is. And you show up with yours and he's like, they're going to hate it. That's, that's what I've been told. So, yeah, dude, that'd be so dope. I'd have to be on the East Coast again for a long time. Yeah, and yeah. The car would have to sit somewhere around here, but maybe someday. Probably not, but we can dream. Well, much success. Yeah, much man, success appreciate to you it. and uh, your business as Thank well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's um, not my business. I just run. I just manage it, but I treat it like it is mine. So. Right, right, right. Well, the shop as well. Yeah, thank so you. So can you tell the viewers where to find you? Yeah, so uh, easy enough. Uh, English Racing is the shop. Uh, spell and last name, English, mm -hmm. just like the language. And uh, Gringo Tegra is my Instagram. So Gringo and then not Integra, it's Tegra, T-E-G-R-A. Yeah. And uh, I have a Facebook page, an Instagram page, and uh, I have a merch merch that we'll have here this weekend. Oh, um, So yeah, you can get good. it all there. Yeah, uh, this is an old one. This is from last year or two years ago I did it. It says 216. Mm. world's fastest integra on the back which technically i can claim back then yeah because no integra had ever been faster but now i can claim the quickest and fastest in the in the quarter mile so tokyo shit tokyo shit yeah yeah exactly <laughs> talk shit i'm there's gonna be a lot of shit talkers and there might be some people like nah he's cool yeah <laughs> i don't know we'll, we'll nah, find super out. humble super humble yeah yeah i appreciate it you gotta gotta kind of have to be these days yeah you bit. definitely have to 100 yeah, when, when you come off to shit talking it's like ah Happens a lot in New York. It does. Well, I, that's what I've noticed. It's, it's, a, it's, a, cultural it's a cultural thing. thing. Cultural thing, yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> top right hand of the USA is, they're a lot different than us on the West Coast, it seems like. So, right, yeah. right. All right, well, cool, there you guys have it. Thank you. Um, until next time, guys, make sure you guys like, share, comment, and subscribe. And also make sure you guys are listening on all streaming platforms. Until next time, guys, catch you on the next one. Peace. Appreciate it. Thank you.